Welcome to the What Wild Women Want podcast. I'm Rachel Rose, your personal, certified, feminine awakening coach, energy healer, and intuitive reader. This is a weekly show where women are empowered to unapologetically activate their goddess mode and reclaim their birthright to love, freedom, happiness, and abundance. This is a shrinking violet free zone, guys. Get ready for raw, open, and absolutely necessary conversations to supercharge your self-love journey. I love you. You are worth it. Let's get started. Welcome back to the What Wild Women Want podcast and I am your host Rachel Rose. I'm also your host with a slightly stuffy nose (laughs) Um, as the weather has changed and it's feeling a little bit chilly. Um, You know I jest lightly about the weather but I've got quite a serious topic to discuss today. So in the light of the recent murder of Sabina Nessa who is a 28 year old primary school teacher based in London and also in light of the uh, earlier death that we saw this year of Sarah Everard who's a 33 year old marketing executive also murdered just walking home it's just time that we have this conversation and I know more of these conversations are happening as we realize that we're not only just witnessing murders of women that are just one-offs this is a growing as the british radio branded epidemic okay this is becoming a femicide so what i would like to discuss is just what my personal experience has been in terms of feeling afraid walking home being followed and i know that many of you can relate to this as well so i've recently made a post about having to spend quite a lot of money in terms of booking a taxi ride home just to make sure that I can avoid harassment, just so I can avoid possible assault, just so I can avoid possibly being followed. And that is just such a huge reality, not only for Londoners, not only for people in the UK, but women all over the world. I'm sure we can all really resonate with that. And it's just interesting because we've just made this such a normal thing are you getting an uber home yes i am okay yes it's quite late and quite late now has changed for me you know quite late used to be for me like okay it's midnight definitely should take a cab home quite late has changed i felt in the recent i guess since the since the pandemic to be honest um to nine o'clock nine o'clock is quite late if I'm on my own and long term I feel like what we don't realize as women what the damage is on our confidence every time that we're having to do this for example if you are going out with friends um and it is obviously significantly far from your house and a taxi is the only way that makes sense however in a lot of times you know us Londoners us female Londoners will admit that you know our tube service or although may not be the cleanest 
it's pretty good. You know, we can get anywhere whenever we want. Um, the 24 hour services has stopped because of COVID. However, we do have very good connections. So most Londoners can say, you know, even at couple of minutes before midnight even a couple of minutes afterwards you can still get home via the tube and not have to take the taxi however there are so many female Londoners like myself that have taken the tube all the way to their nearest station and genuinely feel like there is no other option but to then call an uber or a bolt or whatever taxi service you use to take a a ride home which is walkable for them in daylight. We feel compelled to do this because we know that it's technically now too late. We're now in the danger zone and we have to do it. And fair enough, like these rides are not necessarily loads of money. It's not necessarily about the money, but it's about the lack of confidence that we're slowly starting to build up a narrative to. We are slowly telling ourselves that, you know, we we can't trust that it's safe for us, right? This is a blow to our root chakra. It's really knocking our confidence. Even, I would say, even in the daytime, even in the evening time, you start to look around and think, oh gosh, you know, you don't really know who could possibly be watching you, who's thinking about assaulting you. And the thing is, it may not seem so obvious, it may not seem so prevalent, these thought patterns. It's because We've normalized it. We've normalized saying to each other, tell me when you get home. And I remember speaking to my partner and I said, do men ever say this to each other? Do you ever say to each other, I'll make sure you let me know when you get home? And he said, no, never. Like I've never personally said that. And that answer didn't surprise me at all. You know, despite despite a lot of statistics that say that men are more likely to face assault. We'll get onto that in a minute. Um, but there's no fear there. And I wonder why there's no fear there. It would be silly to ignore the fact that within male society, they have always been considered the more dominant gender. It's obvious. And therefore they feel safer, no matter what. There are certain roads my partner will take and I've told him, you know, I can't go down that road. Can't go down that way because I'm a woman. It's not as safe for me as it is for you. And that really opened up his eyes because he's never had to think like that. Even as women, you know, when we talk about in a wider sense, traveling, there are certain countries that us women will not travel alone to because we know it's not safe for us. And if we just come back to our normal day-to-day lives, so what happens when someone is a victim, whether they are killed, whether they are assaulted, whether they're harassed, as women, we then have to face the blame game Shockingly and so disgustingly, there are so many messages regarding Sabina Nessa's death. People have tweeted things that are just, you wonder who has raised them, to be honest. But typical things like, well, you know, if you can't defend yourself at night, then you shouldn't be out. What does that even mean? What does that even mean? We're human beings 
And we have the right to feel safe regardless of what time it is, regardless of what gender we are. It's just this blaming of women, like how, you know, we should know better. Because what? Because we should excuse another man's primal behavior. We should excuse their unhealed wounds that they think that as women, we are just objects that they can pick up as if we were a a tub of butter in a supermarket and they can pop in their baskets because they take a fancy to us. Or they can assault us because, again, through their excessive anger and their excessive unresolved trauma, they're allowed to attack us. They're allowed to kill us and remove us from our families and our loved ones. How does that make sense? And then we have the typical slut shaming of what was she wearing? Oh, well, no wonder she was assaulted. What does that actually mean? It's all a smokescreen. And unfortunately, we internalize that. Because when Sarah was murdered earlier this year, a lot of the news headlines were saying, oh, you know, she did everything right. You know, everything that we're told that we're supposed to be doing as women, you shouldn't be wearing slinky, revealing things if you're walking alone at night. Fine. Sarah wasn't. She was still killed. So then what? With Sabina, I've heard also shocking remarks um, regarding, oh, you know, maybe it's something to do from with her culture background. Maybe it's someone she knows. It doesn't matter if it's someone that you know or not. I don't understand why the media and society, particularly men in the society, because I don't hear women saying this, are trying to find these reasons to buffer the fact that women have been killed or women have been assaulted. Why are we trying to find loopholes to avoid or be evasive of any kind of emotional connection? This is the problem with society. We're trying to numb ourselves by thinking of all of these different elements of the story that are or are not possible why are we refusing to connect is it because connecting means that we have a sense of responsibility as a society to change our community's mindset when i think about how things can change what comes to mind for me is that there is a learning and an unlearning that is just so desperately needed so desperately needed if we want any of our children or our family or our friends to feel safe. Now, all of these men that intimidate women, both predators with intentions to harm and those who are just stuck in their misogynistic ways of, oh, man sees beautiful woman and therefore I want her to talk to me regardless of how she feels. They all belong to a family. They've all come from a family. They will have women in their inner circle that they care about. So what can we really do? As women, I think it is our responsibility to educate these men. Not because, again, it falls on us, this blame. It's not about blame. It's not about, oh, here we go again. Like, it's us having to pull 
pull um it's us having to do all of the the hard pushing it's not about that remove that from the equation what's missing here is the empathy and you can't have empathy if you're not forced to listen So I really urge all of the women listening here to start talking to men in your lives, whether that's your partner, your brother, even people you work with as well. I remember telling, (laughs) I'll tell you a couple of stories even. I was followed in broad daylight. I've been followed at night when it wasn't even necessarily that late. And... I'll tell you about the one in broad daylight. He had already like followed me um, a few weeks ago and was in the same area. And he'd followed me in broad daylight as I came out of a shop. And I literally had said to him like, please, can you just leave me alone? Like this is, this is harassment at this point. And he's like, oh, right. And then walked off. And then another time, um, So I was walking home and I really felt someone was following me. They were getting quicker. I was getting quicker and they were getting quicker with me, um, which was quite scary. I turned around and I saw it was a man um, and there wasn't really anyone else on the road. And so he said something to me. He, He, when I turned around again, he was quite close. He was in within like two to three meters distance. He said something to me and I thought, oh my goodness, well, if I keep walking, I could be attacked. So I've got to stop. I've got to say something back and hear what he just said. Because that's what happens. We go into panic mode. We go into panic mode. And we're like, okay, well, how can we be the good girls? How can we How can we just placate the situation so that we walk away alive? And I hope, you know, as women listen to this, please play this to men in your circle because they need to hear the fear and the the trauma and the, the worry that we go through walking home. So anyway, with this guy, um, he stopped and then, um, was like, Oh yeah, yeah. What's your name? All of this stuff, like obviously interested. And I just stopped him in his tracks and said, really sorry. I've got a boyfriend. I live with him. I'm walking home to be with my boyfriend. I'm really sorry. Like, let's just leave the conversation there. And he continued to follow me for about 10 minutes. Oh no, but where are you from? Like, what's your, um, where are your parents from? Oh, if you've got a boyfriend, what's his name? Oh, well, I'm just following you because, um, my brother's going to pick me up and, um, yeah, I'm bored basically. And I was like, look, I just want to get home. Um, and then he went on again and then I just stopped him again. I said, look, this is really not pleasant for me. You're a stranger, a strange man in the middle of the night. I have no idea who you are and you're following me home. I was like, women on their own at night just want to go home. Do you understand what I'm saying? And I was so happy that he was just like, oh, do you know what? I get it now. And there must have been something that just clicked in his mind. Maybe there was something he could relate to, maybe a relative, a friend. And he thought, oh gosh, you know what, if this was so-and-so and she told me this story, I wouldn't like this at all. I would, I would think, why is this man following her? 
he got back to his centers and he actually just walked away. And I thought, wow, you know, what is it that we can do to amplify that with the men that we know in our circle? We need to give more stories. We need to start talking about it. We need to specifically talk about how we feel so they can tell their friends and they can tell their friends. And I'm not excusing predators and I'm not trying to downplay, you know, the the intricacies of a, a predator's mindset. That's something a lot deeper. But I'm talking just what you can do in your immediate space. Because at some point, you know, someone will say something to these people to make them realize that we are not just objects, we're human beings. And just like them, you know, we bleed the same blood, like the same red blood. We have the same hopes and dreams and we have the same fears as well. And by teaching men about our own terrifying experiences, we are indirectly helping them to start reconnecting with their own feminine energy, the energy of surrender, the energy of just being at peace rather than forcing and pushing and really putting someone either in a physical or energetic corner because your primal like needs take over. Another thing that we can do is also take action by confronting our government about this growing issue. It's obviously really preying on all of our minds. Um, It's making us angry, right? And so what do we do with all of that anger? What do we do with all of that excess energy? Do we just then pop on our Netflix and forget about it? We all have voices. This is my voice. We need to approach our government in any way that is available to us. Some of us will have more connections than others, but we'll all have a way of putting our voice out there, pulling petitions together, writing articles, sharing them, sharing things on social media. There's so much strength in numbers, but they won't hear us until we really start yelling. And just imagine for us British women here in the UK, if we start yelling, what that ripple effect will have for all of the women across the world that are suffering in exactly the same way and maybe don't even have the same rights as we do in their countries. But we're standing forth as an example of, no, we're not just going to stand here and wait to be killed or live in fear of just trying to walk home. It's time for a change. And I think this is the best time for us to start making this change together as a unit, as a community. If you feel personally affected by anything that I have shared today, please click in the show notes, find my details, and I would love to hear from you, whether that's just to have a chat and dive in deeper, or if you simply want to share your story. I'll see you next time. And that is all we have time for for today, guys. If you love this episode, take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram and Facebook stories. I am at the Healing Rose Holistics. 
feel free to send me a dm love you let me know what you liked about this episode and let me know what you want to see more of have a good one